Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Say you bet $100 on the Bears to pull off the upset. I would Ahmed. never I would never do that. No, I, I wouldn't either. That's the dumbest $100 you ever did in your life. <laughs> I just don't like the Bears. So even if it were likely to happen, I still you wouldn't, still do, wouldn't it. do it. Oh, man, we'd be more rich if we didn't listen to ourselves talk, okay? I mean, maybe you would have taken the Bears, but I wouldn't have. That's for sure. I feel bad for the guy on the Bet MGM parlay preview that we talked about last week a little bit who was talking about taking the Bears, and we just kind of talked about it like it was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, maybe you should have your own podcast and explain no, football here, to me. But here's the thing. Here's the thing <laughs> right. is that in that podcast, you told people, you go, don't listen to my picks. You go, don't listen to what I say around the picks. Don't go with my picks. And so maybe they did the opposite. Right, they did hopefully, hopefully. My picks are – I'm in an all-time low. Like I don't even know what to do anymore. I'm, I'm in so yeah. in my own head – I feel like I'm way over detailed with film watching and things like that too. I look at nuances that I pick games about and then again come Sunday and I go, what, what, why, why was I so worried about that nuance right there? It's yeah. not that big of a deal. Uh, let's get back to basics. I'm way too in the weeds right now. And I'm like to- totally feeling the pressure. Like totally. <laughs> Where I can- I'm like literally thinking about picking games tonight and going, Whatever you pick, let's just go back a few minutes later and then do the opposite. I mean, that's really where I'm at, especially with the ones that I think are like the best bets or the yeah. locks. I mean, I'm, I've never been so bad. I've never. What if you just have to take a week off? Have I you maybe ever thought I do. about that? I do. Just maybe like, just step away from the game. For I a honestly week. thought about like maybe not watch film for a week uh-huh. and let me just watch TV copies and kind of just get out of the weeds a little bit and be like, oh, okay, stop worrying about, like, can they block the three technique when defenses play this? Like, stop that kind of shit, which I think I get lost in, to where, yes, that has crossed my mind of, like, and I might do it. If it continues, I might just go, you know, I'm going to just watch games on TV this week and just get a little bit more of a natural feel and get back to my roots and how I used to be that way. Back to my roots. (laughs) Back to my roots. Back to young little Christopher. Little Christopher who used to just watch it and on TV and and pick them all right. I'll I'll tell you what, though. No matter how many games on TV you watched of the Bears and the Patriots, there's no way you still would have picked that one correctly. I mean, no one saw that coming. And not to that fashion. No one saw that coming. There was a little bit of a change by the Bears, and we didn't anticipate that. Right, there was. With Justin Field. We'll get to all that. Yes, we will. But we start... Um, with the Chiefs and the 49ers. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to Christian McCaffrey yep. here in this yep. game. We're going to talk about Geno. Yeah. Geno Smith and that Got Seattle to. offense. Right. And Kenneth Walker, what you saw from there. Yep. Uh, Zach Wilson, you took a closer look at Zach because 
back when we talked on Monday, you ripped Jets fans. You yeah. Like, get off the back yeah. of Zach Wilson. Right. So you're like, let me just make sure I'm right. Yeah. And so let me go look at Zach a little bit. And you found some interesting things yeah. there. Yeah. Some good Bench and maybe some bad. Put in white. Put in Flacco. Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> uh, the Bucks run defense. What has happened there? Uh, the Bears, we'll talk about them. We'll also got the, the punt awards, the big butt awards. We got stats that may be lying to us, truth or lie. So... Kristen, buckle up. And buckle Gabby up. In there. Here we, got we go. 345, I think, is the uh, amount of time. Kristen will be long gone we at got that it. point. We got it. Do uh, we you ever this. wear the lobster red shirt with the lobster red pants? Would you ever do that? I can't double up you red. You can't double you can't up red? can't go red on top and bottom. No? No. It's like a jumpsuit then. Although sometimes you've worn a jumpsuit and it's looked okay. Well, but, I, well I, I, I wear those colors all the time. <laughs> I'm offended <laughs> by your assessment there. <laughs> I'm always wearing all blue or all black <laughs> or all, all gray. Yeah, that's true. It, yeah, but it looks good on you, though. Right? Yeah, it's a oh, thank, we're very good covering that shit up right there. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> uh, it looks good, uh, the Chiefs offense, once again, because uh, they got Patrick Mahomes, and as long as they have him, that offense probably will look pretty good. Yes. So let's dive into our treasure hunters here, and this is what we're trying to do, is we're trying to find things that maybe we didn't realize at first glance. And so you take a closer look at the film, and you try to find these hidden gems that emerge once you look play-by-play through the all-22 film. And so I- I'm curious, let's start with the Chiefs offense here. Yeah, let's do it. Because they beat up on the 49ers, a defense that has been banged up, but was a little healthier right. in this game. Maybe right. not up front, but Bosa was back uh, out there, and they still have those great linebackers. Yep. And so I'm curious. You've talked about the 49ers kind of playing basic. You know, our guys are better than your guys. We're not yeah. going to do too much right. out there. So Just a little splash of trickeration here and there. Let's start there. Did they just play it too bland and did Patrick Mahomes carve it up because of that what did you see from the film well the, the, yeah they did not leave their comfort zone it was not like um I didn't look at it and go oh wow they broke out something new here for the the Chiefs the Chiefs were very well equipped for what to expect and what they were going to get from the 49ers and they were spot on and all over it mm-hmm. they were all over it you know, and again, the Chiefs. Let's let's not sugarcoat things here, or, or maybe we need to sugarcoat. They're, yeah. they're, it's it's special. It's it's I you know the Forty ers Either you got to get more exotic, or you got to be totally a hundred percent healthy and need a special defense to play that way. And without Kinlaw and Armstead and Bosa, maybe not being totally a hundred percent himself, but close. Yeah, they're they're not special enough to play the way they did. You know, I think the game came down to hey, they, they tried to mix it up a little bit. It wasn't like it was just total bland, but it was mixed up within the comfort zone of what they want to do. And it was still way too heavy, probably in quarters coverage, and then man-to-man. And because of that, and because they, they, they do a good amount of that, and then what the Chiefs do off of that, they had an incredible game plan as far as pl- ways to attack it. Right, And a lot of teams have ways to attack things against the 49ers where you go, this looks good on paper, but then you get out there and you go, whoa, they're just faster and better disguising. And you know, even though we were about to have it open, the, the, the pass rush got to me just before I was about to throw it, and we didn't take advantage of it. And the Kansas City Chiefs, I, I guess if I'm going to start off with the first thing, is just how unbelievable Patrick Mahomes played. Uh, that's the first thing. You know, even within that and these great plays that I go, ooh, this is a cool little play, there's still so many throws where I just go, yeah, 
it's it's a cool little play. It puts tremendous stress on the 49ers, but the 49ers know what stresses them too, so they know how to like, oh, wait, they're doing this to us because they, they see teams do this. So they're very good at like still making those things very hard on you to where you go, well, that should work, but they've seen teams try to do it to them so much that, you know, it's should work is like, whoa, you got to make a really good throw in there to should sure. work against this schematical coverage, right? And he just did that time after time after time. And I think that's where, you know, it's impressive, let alone the rest of their team's better there. But, yes, between man-to-man plays and some really great quarters beaters, plays where you just go, whether it was, you know, the deep pass to Valdez Scantling on the third and 11 that he had, he had another deep post down the middle. I want to say that was Valdez Scantling again. But still, ways to beat quarters. It was a great game plan. And then I just think we're seeing a Chiefs offense that's really special. And it's going to take a special defense like the Bills was, where it's creative and has the horses up front to slow it down and not compromise themselves. And the 49ers are not that right now. They can kind of do it all right now. They're throwing deep. And they, they've they've yeah. done this in the past, too. This is nothing new. But they've got all the speed sweeps and the screens as well. And so it's like short, long. Mini Smitty wants to know from you. Seems yeah. like the Chiefs have started utilizing Juju and MVS a lot more. Is this from them designing plays to fit their strengths or Mahomes getting more in sync with them? Well, I think it's that. I think they're drawing up plays for them. I think their offense and Mahomes, Mahomes is playing the offense to a T right now. You know, I think that's the other thing. Again, that's the Tyree kill effect that we've kind of talked about where I thought maybe this would happen, you know, and it is happening. I mean, it's happening right in front of our eyes with just some of the, you know, the spreading of the football and letting the offense and the system do the work instead of let me just jam it into Tyreek deep down the hill field or or um, or Travis Kelsey. And, you know, what's great with them, too, is they've added some other elements to their offense that keep you off of their bread and butter, too. Pacheco is, adds an element to their team where you go, you got to respect their run game. They, they don't want to run it a ton, but their run game is good enough, and he's violent enough getting to the line of scrimmage where you go, we, we can't disregard it. You can't. You can't just go, oh, we're going to play pass defense, and so what? They can overpower you in the way he runs where you can go, whoa, they just ripped off you know, 25 yards and, and two run plays here you know, because yeah. we're so worried about the pass, and we didn't believe they were going to run the ball. You think he gives them a different element than they've had, Pacheco? He definitely does. He does. And I felt like they got underneath center in the game a few times just because they were like, let's let him go downhill instead of being in shotgun, right, and then him taking the ball and then having to restart – where they just went, let, when this guy goes downhill, he breaks tackles, he moves the pile, he gives us another element that way. And then, of course, that played into their ability to give some speed sweeps and do that. So, you know, between, I said this on Monday, they did some 49er stuff that took advantage of the 49ers' aggressiveness, whether it was the screens and like, hey, let him come up field and we'll just throw a screen behind you, or let him come up field and just, you know, act like you're pass blocking and they got by and let them go. And now we want you to go up and block the linebackers and the safety of the second level. And we really didn't have to block two or three of the D linemen because they just flew upfield and Hey, here you go, McCole Hardman. And now all you got to do is just weave your way through those linemen blocking at the second level. And it's a touchdown. And I think that's where they have more inventory. And then I think with him playing smart and within the realm of the offense. And then of course we know him playing within the realm of the offense is going to be some crazy explosive plays too because he's always looking for it. 
he's never going to let the the team uh, have their easy way out. So that's where it, it was it was fun to watch. They have a zig for every zag. That that's one thing that's really come to me more than this year than than other years. Where I see plays on a weekly basis where I go, oh, last week they did this a lot, and now this week they got a two plays that look like this, but they're that right? Everyone's breaking out. And now this week they're all breaking in on that same look. They have so much of that. So mm-hmm. it's hard to like go, Hey, we're just like, we were two and three years ago when we were on the podcast and we go, well, you know, teams that play the Seattle three and just play deep and all that, they're not good enough to be patient and surgical and do all that. Now they, so many teams have played them that way that they have such an inventory that you can't play them that way anymore. You have to change it up. You have to blitz a little every now and then. You know, if you just think you're going to play, oh, front four is going to get there and we'll take away the big play, there's no way. They protect too good now, and he's too smart, and that's that's changed them too. You think that offensive line is better? I, I just think they're going to continue to get better too. I do. They're not Because they're actually showing a little bit patience with the run game. And, like, here's a game, like, where I feel like they came off the Bills game. They were probably a little underwhelmed with how they protected a little bit. So they're – it was typical Kansas City. They were on their game this week. We we're not going to go into the bye four and three, right? And when they just – when they do that, you just go, that's where they're special. And here they are seven weeks in with probably the toughest schedule in football through seven weeks, and they're five and two, and they're clearly one of the best teams in football. So you've gushed about the Chiefs in the past. You've gushed about Patrick Mahomes. I don't know that I've ever heard you gush – Like that right this there, right? Much. Yeah, about, I mean, like – are they looking as good as they have ever looked to you? I, I, you know, I think they, in a lot of ways, they are. I, I don't think I've ever felt like they're this systematical and have this many answers for things as we go on through each week. You know, and and like I said, where it used to just be like, hey, Kelsey deep crosser, Kel- uh, Tyree Kill deep crosser, and another guy crossing the other way, and so what? It's a cool play, and Mahomes will just throw it in there. They have. So many fakes off of that stuff now that that are that are awesome, and that makes it tough. So um, it was a great game plan. They're a tougher football team altogether, and it's as good as I can remember them playing really throughout. Wow! Uh, as far on that side of the ball, and that's what's scary. And again, it's just where you know. I, like 49ers, they're, they have the formula, if healthy, to be one of those teams that could be really annoying to Chiefs if they got to play them in the Super Bowl again or something like annoying that. Annoying like a fly is annoying to a giant. Like, hey, get out well, of here. It's where, yeah, it, well, it's a little <laughs> – like, where I want to go is, like, the 49ers would have to change some things up, and they're going to have to play special offensive football, too, to keep up. Because I don't think, like, the 49ers team of a few years ago that lost to them in the Super Bowl, where the, that was even a better defense than what they have right now, I don't think that same team would bode as well against this Chiefs team. Like I said, they have more answers for that that Robert Sala, Seattle three. And then they're better at pass protecting to where that's just not going to ruin them anymore. Like like maybe that matchup caused some issues for them the first time. And uh, that's that's where it was a lot of fun to watch. So to beat the Chiefs, you're just going to have to score more points than the Chiefs. And maybe it's an offensive game. And they would have needed to score 45 in this one to beat them. So looking at the 49ers offense, who knows? Maybe they have that 
ability down the road here because now they have Christian McCaffrey, who was, what, with the team for two days before he played in this game? Played quite a bit. Yep. What did you see? What did they do with Christian McCaffrey on the offensive side for the 49ers? And where do you see that going? I I think, you know, I'm going to not to say I'm always right. You know I come in here some days and say things on a Monday, and then we get to a Wednesday and go, man, the film was different than I thought. i I got to change my thought there. Sure. This was one where I went, Chris, I think you were pretty spot on here. I think, you know, do you want me to go through that rundown again of how we do it? You know, <laughs> you got Ayuk going here, and then you got Kittle right. going here. Fake, and now it, you go, fake okay, to McCaffrey, yeah. you know, give the ball to yeah. Debo on the toss fake sweep. To fake to Debo. Fake, fake to Ka- yeah. McCaffrey, fake to Debo, throw it to the – but that's what they did. Yeah. I mean, you saw some of the things I wrote down. I mean, it was fake to Debo, fake to McCaffrey, screen to Kittle. You know, fake to Debo, fake to McCaffrey, pop pass over the middle, little short post to Ayuk, right? You know, you know, a little screen here to Debo. So put McCaffrey out at at flanker, like I talked yeah. about, playing Z receiver. Yeah, you are doing it again now. Well, well I know I am. <laughs> I can't help it. But, you know, but the, my my baseline is this is the week we're going to see the unveiling, right, for the 49ers and this whole. We'll see at least another set of plays and how Shanahan continues to tie it together. That was the trailer to the movie. That Exactly right. It was just a little bit of like a little sizzle reel. Here you go. And, you know, where I come to is just that, you know, they have um, – they're going to pose some problems too from teams in, in this manner. You know, again, McCaffrey can block downfield, so you can play him at receiver and toss it to Debo. Right, you could put Debo and McCaffrey both in the backfield, and of course, fake one guy running this way, and the other guy goes this way, and you know, okay, we pulled a guard, now we faked it to Debo, but McCaffrey's now running behind the pulled lineman, and we gave him the ball. You know, it's going to create space for both of these football players because everyone's going to be so scared of, oh, wait, he's got it, and they're dangerous in space, and then it's going to create matchups across the board, but also too, where I get into it and go, like when they get into twenty-one personnel, two backs and one tight end. You know, and you're sitting there going, okay, it's the 49ers when their O-line's healthy. Is, it's it's going to be good. And we know Shanahan and can play smash mouth and be creative. So now you got McCaffrey at tailback and Juszczyk at fullback, who I know is a little hurt right now. But then you got Debo and Ayuk and Kittle. All right, so, oh, man, we got to worry about the Shanahan run game, and they're coming downhill on us. And, oh, man, there's issues here. But then it's the – it's the speed that they have, which is very rare in that 21 personnel. And then where I want to go is, okay, so now you're in somewhat of a base defense because you're worried about this smash mouth. Now they go empty. And now it's Jimmy in the shotgun. First off, like if you play zone, Shanahan's too good at going, okay, they got a zone and I know how to expose this and we'll get six and seven yard completions everywhere. But then you play man and you go – well, damn, we have our base defense on the field because they've been running the ball. So now you're going to have man on, on who? You're going to have a linebacker on McCaffrey, like in the slot? I mean, forget it. Or, or, all right, so oh, a man, even a linebacker on check, right? Another one on Kittle? I mean, just the, let alone right there. So that's going to make teams, like, juggle around how they want to approach this and what they want to do. And I don't think it's going to be a whole lot of a different offense, really, other than he's just going to play those two off of each other a little bit more. And it's going to create more big plays because you're just more worried about those guys. And, of course, those guys in space are dangerous as as is anyways. A. Prez goes, does the CMC trade solve any glaring issues? You just mentioned that it 
that it helps them, gives them more options. It does. Does it, does it solve any problems that the 49ers had, or is this just a luxury for oh, them? It, it makes them better. I think it's going to make them a better running football team. You know, McCaffrey's better than anybody they got at the running. I like Jeff Wilson, but McCaffrey has special vision. I mean, his ability to cut and the, read the cutback lanes and all that is special to go along with it. And then, yes, he's not – He's he's a different animal in the pass game compared to Jeff Wilson. Again, Christian McCaffrey can run routes like a wide receiver. So that's where I think it it does that. And then also, like I said the other day, I think it just takes pressure off of like, well, we can rely on this a little bit more than Jimmy G throwing the football. And I think that's really the other thing I look at too. And, of course, it gives them – more of a screen game, and Shanahan's a master at screens. Yeah. So it's just more ways to manipulate Shanahan's specials, in my opinion, and that's what he's great at. He's great at getting his weapons the ball with space and creativity, and that's where we go, whoa, Debo, I mean, I don't know if he really caught a pass downfield today, but he caught a bunch of slants and screens, and he had seven catches for 135 yards, and he didn't catch one ball in the traditional sense of like an in-cut and a right. deep out route and all of that. So the question will be, yeah. can Jimmy Garoppolo pull it all off? I know. Is, is the he other... the weak link? And so we have his passing chart from week seven versus the Chiefs here, and as it normally is, you got a lot around the line of scrimmage. Yep. You have a lot in the middle of the field, almost nothing outside the numbers here. You do have an interception there five yards down the field that yep. you did not you did not like watching as a well, that, that was yourself. Yeah, right. We'll get into that. But yeah, I mean this is this to me isn't a problem with their offense. And it's a problem in this football game. Because again, you're worried about all the things Shanahan does in the run game. So, you know, teams wanna play Wait, we want an extra guy in the box. We can't, you know, with all these things that Shanahan does, we're always outnumbered in a gap somehow, some way. And because of the way they throw and their passing game is, even though they're tough matchups to go, hey, KC Corners, we want you to play Ayuk and Debo man-to-man, where you'd go, ooh, that's scary. But it's not scary when the dots look like that, Right where everything is kind of going to a certain area. So, again, yeah, I might not be as good as you man-to-man covering you, but when I kind of know where you're going to end up all the time, I'm better. I'm better. All of a sudden, I am a pretty good man-to-man guy because, mm-hmm. damn, all you do is run in and in and in and in and in and in, and I don't really have to worry about anything out or down the field, and now you're effective that way. And then the other thing they did off of that to compound that was the the Chiefs who – you know, spent two weeks playing them in the Super Bowl, so you're extra prepared in that. The, hands up. Hands up. Oh, we're not going to get there. Well, the ball's going to throw it over the middle. Chris Jones swatted it away, right? They had a number of those as well. There was obviously a concerted effort of, wait, you know, our guys are not going to be able to stay with them on all these inside breaking routes. So, you know, if you see them getting ready to throw, it's going to come right over you, D-tackles. Get your hands up, knock the ball down. And Dunlap got one. He got one. There was a few others in the football game, too, that I think is a real part of defending them. Mm-hmm. And that's where CMC and Debo can help out, too, is just screens on the outside, you know, compound some of that stuff. Also, what I think you hope to do here, too, is you hope to get more man-to-man like they're getting here. And then... What you hope is that you can get teams starting to play man-to-man with Debo and CMC on the field together to where now, okay, let's say to where you can get guys who are playing man-to-man who are also responsible for a run gap. And that's when you can start to cause issues with the defense. Because say they got a, you know, 
the traditional I formation, right? And then mm-hmm. Kittle's to your right, and Debo Samuel's a receiver to the right. And maybe he's closed down split, right? And he's a part of the – they're going to run a run play to the right side there. Okay, so now he runs inside, you know, to block somebody. And that guy that's playing him man-to-man, he might have a responsible for that outside gap. But because he's playing man-to-man and he's so scared of Debo running inside routes, he runs over there to kind of cover him. And it's like, oh, shit, wait, I have to get back out there. Oh, CMC's already there, yeah. and he's turning the corner. Uh-oh. Or, you know, again, we talk about testing communication. Wait, I got the outside gap. Oh, wait, set hut. Oh, oh, shit, Debo's going on a reverse. And, wait, we didn't communicate. Now who's got the outside gap? And now they give the ball to McCaffrey on the outside, and there's nobody there to defend the gap. That's what I think is another thing that can play into this a little bit, where it can help their run game out. Because teams are going to look at this Chiefs game plan and go, wait, let's, let's do some of that. We kind of know where they're going to throw the football. Right. But that's where Shanahan in the past has been dangerous because he starts to cross you up a little bit with the guys that are playing both man and responsible or a run, a run gap, and all of a sudden he gashes you. And they're just getting started with Christian McCaffrey right now. It'll get better. It I want to get the final thing. I want to get your yeah. comment on the comments from Brandon Ayuk. After the game, he goes, I just feel like we got too many people, too many people that can change the game to score 23 points. People can ask about the defense, but at the end of the day, we got to put up more points than the other team. That's how I feel. So Das Botlam says, following the IU comment yesterday, does it mean that Shanahan is beginning to lose the locker room? It was clearly a shot at Jimmy and Kyle. Well, mm. yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a guy that's just, he wants more from them. Yeah. He expects more from them. I understand that. You know, they are too talented. They are. They were close in this game, though. That's that's where you can't lose sight. You know, take away the dumb Jimmy G interception down there after the Sky Moore muffed punt. You know, that should have been an easy touchdown. You know, I, we're going to break the play down on social after this. They they all out blitz. They free free release their five eligible receivers. Well, usually when you like get an all-out blitz, and you release your five eligible, you look to see, wait, did the guy that was supposed to be covering the back blitz or not? And this one, and and usually when it's that type of play, it's already in your brain pre-snap. Wait, oh, wait, I got all five releases here. So if I get this blitz, like, let me make sure that whoever's blitzing, you know, do they come off and peel off to take the back? And if they don't, that's your hot throw. He threw the ball to Kittle on a corner route, fading away, which if the back was in protecting and you were one short, that would be the proper way, proper place to throw it. He threw a shit ball, but you know that's those are little nuances that Jimmy G's got to fix. I mean, that was seven points. He's going to walk in the end zone. There's, they got nobody to cover him. The guy that was supposed to cover him blitzed. He, he probably went, wait, they, oh, wait, they free-released him. And so those are some opportunities that are missed there as well, but let's let's judge it from here on going forward not not often that yeah. you can have a get right game it's your next game versus the team that won the super bowl last year but that's what it is for the 49ers they have handled the rams lately they won in week 4 24 to 9 so i mean now they'll have a full week with christian mccaffrey I mean, it's tough to run on Aaron Donald in that defense, but it should be interesting to yeah. see what they can do. But they've been a team that's been able to do that. And, yeah. the, and you know, like we've talked about this get matchup a lot in years past, right, or in, even earlier this year. This is one where this is a tough matchup for the Rams. We always talk about matchup league. The Rams are a fast football team, right? They want their speed to create chaos. The 49ers are also equally as fast. If they're not as fast, they're just a hair slower 
but they're significantly bigger. So they they negate some of the strengths the 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 Rams have there. And yeah, this is this is be an interesting one for sure. And if the 49ers had a healthy D line, I just go the Rams would have absolutely no chance in this football game. Mm. Um, but with the fact of where it is, you know, maybe they can hang in there and muck it up and make it ugly and win something like that. Maybe they can maybe they can run the ball in the 49ers, but they don't have Christian McCaffrey, a guy they wanted to get yeah, for this game funny. probably specifically, and now they'll have to figure out a way to slow him down. L- last thing on that game, cool. Mahomes is amazing. Okay. Yes. All right. I just want to make sure that everybody knows that. And and it almost we take it for granted sometimes. It's but he's just I, amazing. I, yeah, but it's, yes. it's it's absolutely amazing. And I wish we could sit here and I could just show you like ten throws of everybody and just go, look, we all just go, Oh yeah, it's Mahomes magic. And I wish we could all slow it down and enjoy it together where I just go, Yeah, it's Mahomes magic and it's just it's insanity. Like it's insanity, some of the throws he makes and wouldn't you know, other than Josh Allen, I don't think anybody in football can make some of them. Yeah. And he does it with ease. Well, there's one player I want to talk about in this game, but we'll do that in the big butt of the week oh. awards. Every week we give two big butts, yeah. two trophies. And this guy's got a big butt for sure. Two elephant trophies. So we'll start on the defensive line with the defensive tackle big butt of the week, and that goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Jones, a couple sacks, a forced <laughs> fumble. He moved all around the defensive line. He Some did. matchup problems for the 49ers Dominated McGlinchey a few times at defensive end and just absolutely collapsed the pocket. I don't know how many batted balls did he have. Two? Yeah, I don't three? know. Three? I don't even, I don't even that. look that up. I know. I'm going to say it's at least two. It might have been three. And he has the second most pressures in the NFL for a defensive tackle behind Quinnen Williams, yeah. who was a big butt of the week award winner previously. Uh, Chris Jones has been awesome. And you mentioned on Monday, I mean, he probably should be in the defensive player of the year conversation. Well, he definitely should be. You know, one, the two amazing things we're seeing from, I, I don't even know where this stands, but yards per pass for the Chiefs right now with that Tyree kill has got to be extremely high. Nobody thought that was going to happen. So they're, 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 you know, all those people that weren't sure if Mahomes is still going to be good this year without Tyreek Hill, they need to send an apology letter like for like, what the fuck was I thinking? Why would I have nothing? The greatest talent, one of the greatest talents we ever seen wouldn't be good. And then the chiefs defense, I just have so much respect for them because can you imagine playing on the chiefs defense? I mean, every week you get everybody's best shot. Yeah. You get everybody's like. Hey, those plays we didn't really want to try the last seven weeks, we got to try them this week if we're going to beat the Chiefs. Like, we can't stop. So they get, like, more. Got to go for fourth Exactly. Down. They get more of the kitchen sink thrown at them than any other defense in football. And that's why they let up some plays and do that. But within that, they make so many plays. And that's where they're special. They're, they're like, one of the, they're cool because they're like, okay, well, okay, we might give up a play. We might do that. But, oh, it's only a matter of time before <laughs> Big Butt Award winner yep. Jones gets back there yep. and gets a strip sack or causes pressure to throw an interception or whatever. And uh, that's where I have a lot of respect for them, too. He'll be even more motivated now to win a second. He could be the first ever to win two Big Butt of the Week awards. Never happened before. Our Edge Big Butt of the Week goes to a Miami Dolphin, mm-hmm. Jalen Phillips. Probably the best game that he has had as a pro. He had seven pressures. He had, I think it was credited, one and a half sacks. Five quarterback hurries. He played a career high, or it was a season high in snaps, 80% of the snaps. In fact, Mike McDaniel made a point to say, 
because I think he played, what, was it 26 of the 30 snaps in the fourth quarter right. when they were on the field a ton, this right. Dolphins team against the Steelers. He said uh, the effort late in the game speaks to the conditioning and other positive attributes of Jalen Phillips. Uh, he remains on the ascent. And so he's got that. He's got the positive praise of his coach, and he's got a big butt of the week award. Well, he, and he's, he's just he's a budding superstar. That's what he is. I mean, he really is. He's a butting superstar, all right? <laughs> yeah. He really, he's, um, you know, I was happy during the game. I don't know if you heard of Collinsworth gave him some love during the game. You know, he's, he's a physical presence in the run game, and he's got all the tools and everything you look at to go, he's, he's an elite pass rusher. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a guy that as the end of the year comes here and into next year, we're going to go, oh, this is one of the best pass rushers in football. There's no doubt about it. His, there, there's no weakness to his game. He's everything is like we talked about coming out in the draft process two years ago. He really is. And, yeah, you noticed he was out there a lot during that game on uh, Sunday night. He was. Well done. Big Butt of the Week Award winner. You look at the uh, – yeah, there's the – oh, there it is right there. So Chris whoop, Jones, whoop. Jalen Phillips. Clip that off. Pete, send that to me. I'll tweet that out and tag them, and they'll be so happy when I do that. I'll be like, it'll go viral. Around any corner, within every battle – And with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers against that Miami Dolphins defense. Maybe yeah. you look at that and you're like, how did they score a touchdown? I think we would have said the same thing maybe against the Bears or uh, the Bears offense against the Patriots defense. Yeah. As I try to do kind of like some sort of a transition right yeah, there. I don't know that, that, that was, worked at all. I don't know really where you were going with that. <laughs> Can we, Pete, take that out of the podcast. <laughs> it made sense in my head for like a half a second, um, but now it doesn't. So, hey, let's switch gears now. Yeah. That's a better. Oh, one. look at this guy. What a professional <laughs> you are. No, I, the point I was trying to make is like, if the Bears got shut out in this game or if they scored one touchdown, I'd be like, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. They did not on Monday against the Patriots. That's what I was trying to say. 33-14 to 14 was the final score. Tim Kelly wants to know what we all want to know. Can you break down how a lackluster one-dimensional Bears offense with minimal offensive weapons was able to pop against a Pats defense that had been elite the last few weeks? Uh, yeah, the, it, it, it is really interesting. And, you know, and I hate to go back to the phrase of like matchup league, but yeah, there was some issues caused by the Bears and what they do and who they are as a team. I mean, you heard me. One of the first things you, when we talked this morning, just a little bit, you walked in the office. I was like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, the Bears beat them with, like, basics, like plays where you go, here's sprint right option. The play that, you know, Joe Montana threw to, to Clark in the back of the end zone. And I, I mean, plays where you just go, every team defends this on the second day of training camp. But it worked. And then it's a bootleg where it's like, oh, he faked to the right and boot to the left, and there's a guy in the flat and a crosser? You mean the other play we put on the first day of training camp? What? It's another 20-yard gain? But I think where you know, the, the Patriots were I, I, borderline over-consumed with the run game of the, the Bears, you know, I, I guess is the first thing I would say. What do you mean by well, that? Well, just like – Bare front, five guys at the line of scrimmage, just 
every play so worried about you know being overpowered in the run game, which is it's a real thing we know with the Bears. You know, the Bears old Lions, I guess, is it, it, you know, from my own self scouting, is bigger and more powerful than I gave it credit for. The the Patriots could not really get off blocks, and they had issues there. And then, then when you add in the the gem of all gems, which was the quarterback design runs, they broke out some Lamar quarterback design runs. Uh, it looked like Lamar. Well, it, it it blew the Patriots' brains up. They yeah. didn't know what to do. They had no answer for it. So now, what does that do? Like all those basic plays we talk about, they become you know all of a sudden harder to defend because wait, we got to do something to worry about if he keeps the ball or if if he runs the read option off the edge and oh wait, if they pull the guard and run power with him here, even though they're an empty, we're screwed. So now we got to play a basic coverage because we're worried about he could keep the ball and do that. So that was the big thing. Let alone they couldn't get off blocks you know, really for the most part. Interesting. The Bears, as compared to, and this is an element I wish I would have thought about a little bit, where the Patriots dominated Cleveland, right, in the run game. Cleveland likes to pull linemen and do that, and the and the Patriots just dominated some of that stuff. Their linebackers took on the pulling guards, and they just smushed holes and, and you know, pushed pullers that were pulling even farther back into the backfield, so then the tailback couldn't get going. Like, other than the quarterback design runs, really the Bears never pulled linemen. They kind of just went, we're just going to kind of come off together as a unit, get double teams, or go inside zone and keep bodies on bodies. And it gave the Patriots defensive linemen issues. Not only did they get pushed around, they couldn't get off blocks. And, you know, with the running backs and then Justin Fields, it also exposed that the Patriots are still a very slow team in the front seven, along Mm. with some of his scrambles. You know, they had Uche from Michigan as the only guy that could run down somebody like Justin Fields. They have nobody in their front seven right now that can even come close to running down a guy like Justin Fields. And that was exposed to be an issue again for the Patriots for about the third year in a row. 243 total rushing yards for the Bears in this game. Uh, But it wasn't all Fields. He had 82. He led all runners. But Montgomery had 62. Herbert had 62. And by the way, when I was looking at all the stats, Khalil Herbert leads all running backs with 6.2 yards. Per carry. Well, he's Khalil Herbert is it should be their go-to guy in my opinion. I like don't let me get me wrong here. I really like Montgomery. He does a lot of good things. Herbert has another gear and another you know I don't know if you see it the way I do, but another level of explosion and how he hits the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Let alone the way he finishes run. Montgomery is incredibly strong and he's incredibly shifty for the size he is. But he can't rip off some of the runs like Khalil Herbert can, in my opinion. Well, and to your point about the offensive line maybe being underrated for the Bears, uh, Herbert is fifth in yards before contact per attempt, that, three that, and a half yards down the field. That so is where that helps. Well, it, that's where it was really it was it was really fascinating on some of the runs where you just go, "Damn, these are some big people." The Patriots got and they're they're four yards downfield. You know, he's he's running up in a play where we go, it looks like they're just all coming off the ball blocking straight, and he's getting to run to the line of scrimmage without ever having to do anything, yep. let alone two or three yards down the field, and then going, okay, now let me cut here and do that. You know, I, I think the thing that I, – I thought the, the Patriots' game plan was too basic. I really do. You know, when you play a team like this at times where, okay, we've got a few series and we see that they can block us. They're powerful. We're not – it's not going to happen. Oh, wait – they have a little bit designed quarterback run thing here. Whoa. Like, 
you can't think you're going to play the perfect defense every play. You know, I, I think that's one thing that, you know, I'm, I'm learning as I go along here too, where you see these teams that try, oh, I'm going to stop the running quarterback and that offense by like Minnesota in Philadelphia in week two. We're just going to play basic and be in the gap. Well, they do some things every now and then. They fake a run here and two guys pull around this way. And you go, well, now there's two extra gaps over here. And you can't stop it because you kind of went with the fake to this side and you're not going to be sound. It's impossible to be sound. You know, you said it to me when I was explaining this to you earlier. It's like, yeah, they kind of make it hard for you to be right. Yeah, yeah they do. So with this type of stuff, in my opinion, like at some point, like the Patriots needed to get to a little bit of like, let's, let's blitz two guys off the weak side edge and we'll have the line slant to the strong side. And yeah, we might not be perfect in every area. And if they call this one play, they might get eight or 10 yards, but we're not going to die the slow death of the run and the quarterback design run and all that. Yep. Create some chaos a little bit. That's right? what you've said. Muck up the play, create some chaos. You might right. be wrong. You might be the aggressor. The yeah. Right. You might be wrong. Okay. Okay, you know, and again, too, where you go, well, well, now they could just run a bootleg, and he might come out scot free, and 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 it, well, he's not going to come out scot free. You're going to have two guys blitzing off the edge. Yeah, there might be less coverage downfield, but at the same time, you, you should have that. one guy right pressuring him to where, oh, he's got to throw the ball in the flat real quick, even though you the crosser's going to be wide open because of that blitz. Right, but. You know, you know he's got to throw it quick now, and now because you knew he had to throw it quick, your safety was flying downhill to get that guy in the flat, and yeah, he caught it, but he got a two-yard gain. So what? You know, and that's what I see a lot of great defenses doing in football. That's something like the Chiefs would do. The Bills would do stuff like that. And they go, okay, yeah, you know, if, we might be vulnerable in a few spots here, but we can't. We got to take some of this away. We can't yeah. be perfect with everything. And I feel like New England was just a little too bland and simple. Well, on and then that you side. can you kind of trust your best players too to make up for it. Be like, hey, you might be on an island here. Or you might be put in a tough spot. But sure, I think we're going to take a chance. Here. I, that's um, a very valid point. So now the, the final question yeah. is moving forward for the Chicago Bears. Let's take a look at Justin Fields and what they did. You've already mentioned it multiple times. The designed runs in this play, and it was really something that they had not done a whole lot the first six weeks of the season and really had done with zero success. You see, they did it 21 times, designed runs for Justin Fields, yeah. weeks one through six, just 17 total yards, 0.8 yards per rush. Against the Patriots, 12 times, 55 yards, 4.6. Did they figure something out there, and is this something that you see them doing from this point forward? I sure hope so. They're going to be a pain in the butt if they just have, you know, five to ten quarterback design runs sprinkled in the game plan. You know, it one, I mean – Let's be real. I mean, with the ball in their hand, Fields, Herbert, Montgomery, Mooney, they're the best players on their team. So let's put the ball in the guy's hand that runs 4-3 and is built like a Greek god a little more often, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, we don't have great receivers. Okay, Mooney's our only go-to guy. Well, you know, back to our point like we talked about with Lamar and some of those guys. Like, now you're worried about that? Okay, well – our not great receivers are getting like optimal looks to get open on certain routes that we go, okay, you're not that great, but you, you can get open on this route, right? Against this coverage. It's so basic. So I do, I think it's going to give them the illusion of complexity with really being pretty simple of an offense, but them having to defenses, having to stop that aspect of their offense is really going to cause problems. I, I would be shocked. And the way their defense is playing. I mean, if they do this, this will make me think differently of the bears. Where I go, uh-oh. I mean, with the Bears' D. Yeah, hang around 500. Exactly. He manages his games amazingly. Ibra Flus deserves credit. 
one thing I said on Tuesday on the show in the morning, like, did you you, uh, you watch the Monday night game, right? Yeah. Ibraflus was next to Luke Getze like the whole night, the offensive coordinator. He's calling plays. And he was managing the game. He was like, don't mess this well, up. Well, he was run the ball here. I, I do this here. Run the run that there. Yeah. Do this here. Yeah, I'd like you to run it. You see what you yeah. did with Justin Fields right there? Do it again. Well, it, I mean, I think there's <laughs> some of that going on. Hey, yeah. it's his ass on the line here. So, and he's he knows what they are. They're a well-coached team. Do they lack some creativity and, like, scariness in the drop-back pass game? Yes. You know, but I never come away going, oh, wow, they're really out-coached or not doing the right things here. And, you know, now he's managing the game and they add that wrinkle to them. I think it's going to make them a real pain in the butt. Who would have ever guessed that we would have fewer questions about the game that the Bears quarterback had than the game that the Patriots quarterbacks had in yeah. this one? You got to chime in on it. Yeah. Jones versus Zappi. Right. You looked at the film. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot for Jones to look at. No. There. He got unlucky. I mean, that's the first thing I would say. I mean, he just got a little lucky. Like, the game started out. I mean, there was – I didn't – I, you know, watched every play. I didn't come away and go, oh, man, he's missing people. You know, they came out and they played some man-to-man, and they couldn't separate. That was one issue. You know, I, you know, they called some right defenses in a few plays where it just, hey, there was nowhere to go. He had to run and do that. His interception was bad. There's no doubt. You know, but the game, like – where, yeah, they're still trying to figure out how Chicago is playing them and, wait, what are we going to do off of that? And then Bailey Zappi got to come in right when they kind of got a feel for it. And, you know, everything just fell right. It's like he's, you know, when you got a shamrock up your ass, you got a shamrock up your ass, and that's what he's got right now. He comes in the game. I mean, it's, a, it's third down. It's as basic of a play as can be. They try to kind of for the first time all night, send a little blitz, right? They blitz the weak side linebacker. They're trying to disguise it, not really show it. And the guy that's responsible for covering Ramondre Stevens of the sidelines, he's to the left of the offense because they're trying not to show the blitz. So now he free releases, and the guy covering him is 10 yards behind him. I don't sit at that play and go, well, man, Bailey Zappi. If, if, if he wasn't in the game, that play wouldn't have happened. No, that's just he got lucky. The next play, they run the oh shit play where they fake the little run and the receiver comes down and makes it look like he's going to crack the defense end and he kind of goes through the line of scrimmage and comes out the back door. I mean, he's wide open. He should walk in the end zone. He threw a shit ball. The guy that make him rock his catch. <laughs> yeah. All right. And yeah. then he threw a jump ball to Devontae Parker the next drive, which, hey, was nice. Man to man, he gave him a chance. But, like, I, as the game went on, I thought Bailey Zappi got exposed. I mean, exposed for everything that you have heard me say. And that's where, oh, wait, the run game wasn't totally dominant and people weren't totally wide open? Oh, Bailey Zappi wasn't good then? Oh, I'm shocked. All right. So that, to me, you come to the end of the game, if Mac Jones is anywhere 95% or better, to me would clearly be the starter. Bailey Zappi does not have a strong arm. He plays very small, right? He's not that accurate. When you saw when the game became, oh, wait, they know we're going to throw, and you got to throw some balls into some tight windows here, and now he had to throw it with, like, he couldn't just be like, oh, wow, he's wide open, and I can just be smooth and throw it like it's practice. The ball went everywhere. Yeah. So that's where I I certainly think Mac is still the guy. You know what's funny is that yeah. I was looking through the stats uh, on Tuesday, and actually – 
New England's passing offense has not been a total disaster yeah. this year. Their passing offense, uh, yards per play. Yeah. Passing yards per play. Right. They're fifth in the NFL. Yeah. 7.61 yards per play. Problem is they've thrown a lot of picks. They have the worst interception percentage in the NFL. That, that's uh, the right shocking now. thing. And Jay Croucher, you know our friend yeah. Jay Croucher. Right. His line on the Bet the Edge podcast yesterday, he goes, he goes Bailey Zappi's TD was a worse throw than Max INT. It, it, I mean, it was. <laughs> it was. Max was a bad Farther decision. Off the target. Farther off the target. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Was, Max was a bad decision. The guy, Jaquan Brisker, made an unbelievable one-handed catch. He kind of misjudged the ball, and but still caught it. Yeah, they, their their ability to because teams are worried about their run game. You know, they're willing to take their shots in the pass game. And yeah, I mean, we, you know, a lot of their big plays have been through the run game and people scaring people that way. Certainly, the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, I just think again. I think that showed where you need Mac Jones. I mean, yeah, cool. Bailey Zappi can play if you can run for two hundred and thirty yards, and people will be wide open with play action. I Chris, could also Chris play. Sims could. I was going to say, Chris put me Sims in. Play I'll, I'll play in that game, please. <laughs> but can Bailey Zappi play when the game's a, maybe a shootout or a little bit back and forth, and there is no run game? Yeah, I, that to me is where I have major questions. Well, I think people still have those questions for Mac. And sure. EF Drag says, have you changed your opinion of Mac Jones? His pocket awareness seems to have regressed. So you still think you know he's better than Bailey Zappi. Yes. But in the past year and a half, has your opinion of Mac? Do you, do you see more red flags with him? Are you worried about him at all? I don't. I just I just don't understand where you know he the way he's seeing the field right now. You know his pocket awareness. I I really went into the game going wait. Did Mac run on a few of those times because he just it was the first game back and he was uncomfortable and he got jittery and just ran out? So I was ready to be critical with that. There was nobody open. He had to run the times he ran. So I had no issue with that. You know, it's just there's been, yeah, four or five decisions through the year where you just go, man, Mac didn't do that last year. I can't believe he forced the issue. And there's something going on in New England. He's pissed them off. This is a real thing. I know it. Florio knows it. Hmm. I don't know the exact details, whether he talks shit about the coaches behind them to the Kraft family or he talks shit about the two new offensive coordinators to Belichick. There is an issue there. There is. I mean, there's a part of me that the game really out. I would go, oh, they called those plays with Mac Jones and they put Bailey Zappian and they called the – you know, some I want to be like, did, were they setting it up for failure? What what was going on there? Yeah. The whole thing was just un New England like and weird to me. And here's the last thing I want to say about the game. One more thing. All right. The Bears did a little bit of like we talked about that we thought the Patriots should do. The Bears defense, first off, the th- the three guys at the second level, Roquan Morrow and Jaquan Brisker when he's down there, I mean, they're they're phenomenal. They're all over the field. They really are. Roquan was amazing. Morrow was unbelievable, too, number 53. Jaquan Brisker is already one of the best safeties in football. I mean, for me, I mean, he's, he's amazing. Every week. I mean, he's, a, he's an ass-whooper. Hmm. Um, but what my point was is the run game stuff. The Patriots have been, like we've talked about, the hottest run team in football to a degree. They knew that they couldn't play just basic run defense. They knew, like, wait, if we just line up how they think we're going to line up – it's Bill Belichick and company. They're going to block it the right way, and even if we play it pretty good, there's still going to be a hole. So, you know, they shift the front before the snap, right? Hey, we're running this play to the three technique. All of a sudden they shift it, and wait, oh, wait, no, it's the shade nose now. 
And that changes how we double team to the linebacker. And, oh, no, we can't do it the way we wanted to do it. Or like what I talked about with just like creating chaos. Right. They did run game blitzing. Hey, nickel guy, when you feel him getting ready to say said hut, come off the edge, strong side, DN, you know, bump out, linebacker blitzes week two, create some chaos to where it's just not like it's on the chalkboard or like the guys in New England are masters of the chalkboard and make them adjust and do some things that are not that easy. And that, that caused some issues in the Patriots run game. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Bears are at the Cowboys this week. The Cowboys are going to do that to the Bears for sure. Exactly. I wonder if the Bears can do what they did to the Patriots to the Cowboys. Yeah. Well, that, that's it'll be it'll be interesting. You know that that'll the Bear, the Cowboys will take that approach of we're going to be chaos and we know we can't be in the right gap every play all the time. So we're just going to use our speed and our playmakers and we're going to get back there and you know make things annoying for you. But I wouldn't be shocked to see also within a few of that that yeah. Because of that and their chaos that, like, Justin Fields rips off a 30-yard run down the sideline or, you know, they catch them in the right blitz and it's a Herbert strong side run and there's nobody there to account for the gap and he rips off another 20. I I wouldn't be shocked to see that. Or the Bears just become who we thought they were going to be when when, uh, this game started and they go back to a team that can score one touchdown. They're another team, Ahmed, (laughs) that doesn't seem to play analytics, that seems to just go – Take we're we're going to take the points. We're going to punt. Ooh. And they're exceeding expectations and sitting here and hanging around. What a great segue to our Pete's Peter, Peter, Peter Awards. Peter, 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 Peter. Talking about field position, punting, 105 punts this week. And I confirm with Pete, he does, in fact, watch each and every one wow. of his punts. This guy's amazing. To get the punter of the week and the flyer of the week. And before we get to his <laughs> awards, I want to say something that I came across. Yeah. It was the Vikings, and we talk a lot about uh, the Vikings. Are they good? How are they so good? They're five and one. Should they be five and one? Get this. So, the Vikings' average starting position this year is their own thirty-two yard line. Yeah, that is the best in the NFL. Other teams' average starting position against the Vikings is at the twenty-four yard line. That is the furthest back in the NFL. So they're basically the best in both of those field position categories. Their punter is Ryan White, who has 27 punts, 15 inside the 20. He has no touchbacks. I mean, when you're talking about a game razor-thin margins, that's a huge deal. It is. The Vikings are the number one field position team in the NFL right yeah, now. Yeah, it's interesting. I would not have thought that or guessed that. You know, I, I was, I'm sitting here thinking, like, they don't seem to be a team that's been crazy with fourth down, go for it type of stuff there. Not too many turnovers, too. No, definitely not too many turnovers. Can run the ball. I mean, high percentage play action pass. Hey, it's it's a big part of the football game. There's no doubt about that. So that is, that's an interesting one. I wouldn't have guessed that. Big part of the football team is the flyer. Yeah. And our flyer of the week. Oh, he loved this Pete, one. Commander safety Percy Butler. He's a fourth-round rookie from Louisiana Lafayette. 
He was your number five ranked safety yeah. in this year's draft. Love Percy right. Butler. He recovered a muff punt, also had a diving play to down another at the one yard line. How about that? Two yeah. game changing plays. Yes. The one diving to knock the ball out of the end zone. I mean, Pete live live was going crazy <laughs> wouldn't you would have thought that play just won the super bowl <laughs> yeah. for some team for pete it's the equivalent it was he it was one of the bad. flyer of the week it's he the was, same oh thing my, to pete oh my gosh oh my what a play <laughs> <laughs> yeah pete saying that uh, that impression is not accurate he may have said that but it was not in that tone or pitch uh, his punter of the week is jets punter Braden mann third year punter took full advantage of the mile high air there in denver eight punts one went for 65 yards, another went for 72, and one was returned for just two yards. That was the only return. So punter of the week, and that was a game where field position mattered. Yeah. And defense mattered, and special right. teams mattered. So uh, they helped victories, helped get victories for their teams there, the Jets and the Commanders. Congratulations. Now it is time, speaking of the Jets, we go into the fan therapy part of the podcast here. This is fan therapy. You gave Jets fans a little bit of it. Yeah. Although I don't know if that was therapy, more it was like tough love. Yeah, it was more right? tough love. Right. But now it's like, hey, sit down, Jets fans. We took a look at Zach Wilson for you uh, with the Jets' big win over the Denver Broncos. So you yelled at Jets fans if you were not with us on Monday because they were they got a win. They should be happy. You're like, just be happy. Enjoy life, yeah. Jets fans. Right. But yet they were talking on the radio, and you heard some people on the radio and fans talking to you at the gym. Yep. Oh, I got concerns with Zach Wilson. I don't know if we can be what we want to be with Zach Wilson right. the way he plays. Right. So you got mad at them. You go enjoy him. But you wanted to go back and look at every play and every throw from Zach Wilson. And you literally did that. Your notes are like first drive, second drive, third drive. I did. At the, drive. the end of the game, I, started to get, I stopped getting into play-by-play because play I was like, all right, I'm not going to fucking play-by-play. So you didn't play write them down, but way. you watched them all. I did. You watched all yes. the plays. Right. Were you right? Were Jets fans crazily overreacting, and did Zach Wilson have a decent game? Well, decent? I'm not going to, like, a decent game. Yes, decent. You know? Was it as good as you were hoping to see? No, it wasn't a good game, but it wasn't a bad game. That's where I think everybody's got to, like, back off a little bit. You know, like, let's put things into context here a little. He comes back. He doesn't get to play preseason football. It's year two. He doesn't get to play the first three weeks of the year. And then his gift is, hey, you get to go play Pittsburgh, the Dolphins, the Packers, and the Broncos for the craziest fucking defenses in football. Who, I mean, again, Pittsburgh might not be that great, but they slowed down the great Tua last week as the game went on, and they shit on Brady the week before. You know, They've really given everybody issues other than Josh Allen. I mean, really. So, And you were down by 10 in the fourth quarter, and he brought you back to beat them. You play the Miami Dolphins, who were create turnover, sack the quarterback, do all of that, right? Yeah, it's not a, it's not like a great day, but it's a good day, and he made some big plays in the game to help them win it. All right, so you have that, and I just go, I, I so I, I don't understand there. All right, you beat the the Dolphins, a team that is like was beating teams with their defense, and yeah, he had 14 completions for 210 yards. I mean, it's not a bad day. All right? All right? And then you play the Green Bay Packers in a misty, rainy day, sleety day. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's special, but had the biggest pass play of the day that changed the game more than any other pass play of the day. So you have that. And then you go into Denver, who's made every quarterback look shitty. I mean, everyone the whole year. You know, so, again, yes, the game was not great. 
It wasn't like good. It was just decent, like you said. Was it bad? Absolutely not not bad. Absolutely not. And that's where, is there a few throws where I go, yeah, Zach Wilson should hit that throw. He lost control of about, I'm going to say, three or four passes where I go, you're Zach Wilson. I don't care that you know somebody was close to you or you were off your back foot there. That, that should be completed. There's no doubt. Jet Fella says, I love your support of Zach Wilson and agree he's gotten plenty of undeserved criticism. However, this was not a good game, and he did sail several throws way off the mark. He sailed an in-cut on like the first drive of the game, no doubt. He sailed, he had a blitz and had like a shallow crosser and they didn't pick up the blitzer and he was kind of just backpedaling and he threw it over the top of Conklin's hand. There was like three or four passes. He also had like two or three drops in the game too to where I go, that, it's not fair. You know, let alone they had some penalties and were in some tough situations. Let alone, you know he was in a week where they're going, the Broncos offense sucks and they're starting Brett Rippon at quarterback. So don't take many chances. Be smart. I mean, I, I don't, for a guy like Zach Wilson, that's the positives you got to take away. A guy that's uh, huge right arm, his history is he wants to fit every ball in every tight window, and here he is. He's played some good teams and gone, you know what? I'm going to just play the right way to win the football game, and he's going to get criticized up here in New York. That's what's crazy. So, yes, again, I, you know, I don't know if anything else jumped out to you in those notes or anything there. His escapability, I think, was the thing you noted That's on Monday and thing. it stood out to you again. Yes. Watching the film closer. There, there's, there's Some the, of those negative plays that could have pushed him out of field goal range. Well, and that's what I, or the, and the drives, goals. right. Yeah. The drive's over now. You, now you're in third and 25, and now you're not going to get down there to get the field goal. Drive, the field right. goal. So that's where people got to look at that, too. He had some incredible, incredible escapes. Now, did he get lucky on that one where he put the ball on the ground and fumbled? Like, to me, that still looked like a fumble. That did. I don't know why they didn't call that fumble. I'm still shocked by that. Mm. Lamar Jackson had a similar play, and they called it a fumble earlier on Sunday. I, I, I don't understand that one. So he got lucky. I'm not going to lie on that for sure. But, you know, to sit here and everybody just go, oh, he played bad, and let's just absolutely tear him apart, I don't agree with that. I don't. And, and again, you know, you got to take in what we said on Monday, too. If the Broncos had a good offense, this would be the number one defense in football. Or it would be right there with you know the top defense. I think they almost are anyway. Anyways, I mean, right. I mean, they're right there. There's no, there's no doubt. And I don't even know where I've – I haven't seen this. Yeah, they're the number two defense in football right now. Just barely behind Buffalo. So they make life hard. And they're the number one – or the number two pass defense in football. You know who's number one? The team he played the week before, the Packers. Right. So that's where, again, I just, you know, people got to calm down a little bit. And the reason I don't like it, one is it's four games in a row you've won. Let's be happy. Things are positive. And for some reason we're going to tear Zach Wilson down. And also I feel a little bit like he's just one of those guys that people want to tear down. That's, it's, this has gone on throughout the, through the draft process and that's where I just go, it's, it's unfair. Where I go, there's, there's a lot of other quarterbacks played this way and they were 4-0, and we'd be singing their praises yeah. a little bit more. And instead here we're going, no, we want more and we want more and we want more. And that's where, you know, it's annoying. And they got to help him too. Not every throw can be over the middle. They got a little of the Shanahan 49ers disease in that passing system. Same thing with McDaniel in Miami. Every throw is over the middle. 
So teams start to put people there. That's why you've seen the last few weeks he throws a swing route to the running back, and the guy runs down the sideline with nobody touching him because the, every team's like, it's coming over the middle, it's coming over the middle. Oh, shit. One guy got outside our flank here, and now we can't get out there to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that, they got to help him out there too. Maybe if there's one red flag for him, it is how he's handled the pressure this season. I think we have a graphic on that. So no pressure. He's been great. Yeah. When he has, you know, quote unquote, clean pocket, no one in his face. Uh, 76%. He's got a quarterback rating of 108. That is the seventh best in the NFL with no pressure. But when he has some pressure, he's completing just 16% of his passes. His quarterback rating is 12.7. That's the second worst under pressure. What do you make of that? Well, I mean, one, you know, I'm I'm not shocked by that. I don't think they've played some defenses that are very creative blitzing. Yep. So there's that. Yep. There was they're not the best pass protecting team in football. At no point were they. And then I think when you add on two of younger guys, some new offense line, they're not very good at picking up blitzes. There's a few plays in this game where I go, you know, he threw hot or had a scramble or throw it away because they didn't block somebody. I mean, period. They were fooled by the blitz. So I'm not shocked to see that. Let's see where it goes from here. Yeah. Let's see where it goes. Again, with the defenses he played, those are like if you're, hey, Ahmed Farid, you're going to start in the NFL. Those wouldn't be the ones you'd handpick to go, oh, yeah, I'd like to start me off nice and easy with some basic defenses. Yeah. These would be the opposite well, of that. Well, it actually makes that graphic we just showed better for Zach Wilson, right? It's like when you can protect him and give him a clean pocket, even playing against those defenses. He has a quarterback rating over 100. Right. You know, just give right. him some time. Just give him some time. And he actually can produce. And that's what you wrote in your notes. And we want to do this for our viewing audience right now. A sneak peek behind the curtain. So if you're watching on YouTube or if you're watching on Peacock, here are the curse of notes from Chris Sims. He took a picture. You see a shadow this week because his hand was in the way of the light. And so it made it even more <laughs> difficult to, to read him. Yeah, Pete, Pete confirms that it was very difficult. And there you go. At the bottom of your notes. F off, WFAN Jets fans. Yes. Even in your notes, you were trying to tell them to just well, back off, I just thought, I knew you guys were going to read that. I thought that would be funny, <laughs> right? All right. Yes. So yes, I just you know, did he play good? No. Did he play bad? No. Really good defense. Great coverages and disguises. Great blitzes. Blitzes. Bad pass pro all day long. Some unreal escapes to keep them in good situation. No run game at all, other than one play. He missed two or three throws that I expect him to hit. No turnovers. Tough game for a QB. Tough D. Jets O. Jets O. With what is it? Oh, stop! You can't even read it. Wow! Jets O. Stop with so much over the middle. Fuck off, WFAN Jeff fans. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was basically it right there. So tweet at us. How many of those words could you read? I want to know. I'm curious right it's now. It's not my best writing there because I'm, you know, I was like, I was rushing. I was rushing. Before we one. go though, yeah. you want to you want to give some love to one player on the Broncos defense that you think might be the best at his position. Well, like running back and corner are one of those where, like, by the time we start to call people the best, it's like, no, he's on the downhill part of his career. Like, yeah. like with Kenneth Walker, what I'm trying to do right now. Yeah. He's already one of the best running backs in football. We don't have to wait for the numbers to get to 1,600 yards for us to say that. I'm sick of that. So this guy here, Patrick Sertain, he's – there's a new wave of corners, and I probably need to, do, like, sort it out a little bit to, to say how good some of these guys are. But, yeah, he, to me right now, when I watch football across the league, he's the best corner in football. Hmm. He is. In fact, I, I think he would be one – 
You know, you I, I'm not so sure AJ Terrell wouldn't be number two down in Atlanta. You know, and I got to think about the rest. Xavier Howard, I know, is obviously in that conversation for sure too. He's up there. Um, Sauce is putting his Sauce name in is there up now. in that conversation. Diggs is up in that conversation. You know, Diggs has gotten to the point where he, he is phenomenal. I don't even care that he lets up a play every now and then. I don't care. It's not like he can't cover the guy. It's just like he goes for it. Yeah. So I, I respect that. You know, I'm I'm gonna throw him in that conversation. I'm I gotta think about it a little more. I know Jai Alexander's real good still. I don't think he's as good as those guys I just talked about. I don't. Um, yeah, Tyson Campbell down in the guy who I made above Patrick Sertan coming out. I, Tyson Campbell's phenomenal. He'd be another guy and throw in there in the top corners in football. Hmm. Along with, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, who we know is up there, too. We'd love to make more people angry and do another top yeah. five list yeah. there. Um, yeah, Pete, we did mention Sauce in there, in the mix there. So, um, so Pete was just making sure the Jets fans didn't get on your back for another uh, reason. One of their players is actually good, and they're supporting him. He is. He's good. Uh, so support uh, Zach Wilson. Now, because Zach Wilson's always going to be a hot-button topic for you because you ranked him ahead of Trevor Lawrence back right. when they were both coming out of college. And yeah. you still like both those quarterbacks I to do. this day. You like Trevor Lawrence, but we wanted to take just a little bit of a closer look at his performance against your G-men, 23-17, um, the final in case you were just not around. And for some reason, that's Wednesday and didn't still know the score. Wanted to give that to you. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um, what are we What are we seeing from him? Because we praised him. I think it was what week two or three. Yeah, right. For maybe his After best week game two, as a the pro. Chargers game, right? And the, then he's like, "I've arrived." <laughs> and then he just started playing poorly or missing some throws. Yeah. And so we want to take a look at another loss and how much of this falls on the shoulders of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. He, listen, he's playing good football. Uh, I, I'm not going to be. There's nothing really to be critical of here. He's got it all. He does. I mean, and, and he's playing, he's doing a lot of good things. And, you know, they, they push the ball down the field and ask him to make a lot of, you know, 15-yard out routes and 20-yard in cuts and those type of throws. As the game went on, the Giants were all over some of their pass game stuff. I mean, all over it. So, like, you're going to look at, you know, some of the incompletions that, that he had in the game because what was he's like 22 of 43. You know, there was a number of like end of the first half, like we're trying to you know inch our way a little bit closer to field goal position. There were some incompletions at the end of the game. There were some incompletions, so it's a little misleading. The numbers still made a lot of big plays. I think here's the big thing that just watching that more than anything, you know, they got some weapons. We know that ATN's the real deal running the ball, but I, I guess here's the last phase we're looking for with Trevor Lawrence, and it's just come up where. The wow factor, the wowness. There's just a few throws in this game and other games where I go, wait, you're too, you're, you can make this throw. You're good. You're the first pick of the draft. If you would have hit that one, oh, you guys probably would have won the game. And I've just, I felt like I've come away saying that probably about three or four times during the year. And this game, same thing. There's a wheel route up the left sideline to James Robinson. Would have been a really good throw. But I just go, ooh, man. He had Zay Jones on a post route across the field one time. And he threw it out of the back of the end zone. He had a little pressure, and I understand it wasn't easy. But I'm telling you, we're talking about number one pick superstar type of guy here where I go, it's, it's those plays that help you win a game that's in the balance right there. So I guess that's all I'm saying from him. But, man, everything else is really good. It's gotten way more consistent than it was last year. It's still maybe not where I'd want it to be, just striping the ball every time. But 
Man, Trevor Lawrence, he's on his way to being certainly a a top 10 quarterback in football. Let me see if you agree with this. This current um, Trevor Lawrence, this current uh, iteration of him. Yeah. How he's currently playing. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why it took me so long to think of that. So this Trevor Lawrence, is he like 15 to 20? quarterback in the NFL, whereas you feel like he can be, if he reaches his peak, he's a top 10 quarterback. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah, probably, really probably higher than that. He's, I think if he reaches his peak and the wow factor and the take over the game factor, right? Right? To where, yeah, like right now he's he's above 20 for sure. Yeah. You know, he's top 15, I, I think, if I had to maybe go back and think about it. But he's a guy that I sit there and go a few plays every week to where I go, oh, man, you, 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 know, you hit this, that. You're in the top eight. I mean, he's got the potential to be top five, top six-ish. He has everything. Right. He does. And it's just that taking over the game aspect that we've yet to really see, right? And not that we've seen it. You know, again, I'm not sitting here trying to say we've seen it from Zach Wilson. I've seen more wow from Zach Wilson. I've seen more wow throws in two years where I went, ooh, Wow, that just changed the game right there. What yeah. a throw, what a play, right? You just even like the Green Bay game, running out to the right, throwing a ball 50 yards down the field to Corey Davis, running out and up when you're on the run. Like, that was a wow play that you go, whoa, that might be the difference and got them jump-started to win the football game. Right. You know, it's, it's that stuff. It's Joe Burrow last year going, whoa, whoa, he escaped the pocket, did this, that, that, bought time, and – made an unreal throw, like he's taking over. Right. That's the stuff I've yet to see from Trevor that I think he is very much capable of. It's a little inconsistent at times where he'll lose it when he throws his fastball. Exactly, you noted, right. Uh, right. Noted there. But maybe he'll get some help from the guys around him because when you were watching the tape, you saw Travis Etienne, and I think you really liked what you saw. Etienne's like, for, I mean, he's smaller, but man, I mean, zero to 60 in two steps. I mean, gets the ball in some plays, and he's running behind the right guard, and he just, like, he hop steps to the left, like, with two just jump cuts or just hops, and then runs forward, and you're like, holy shit, he's seven yards down the field already. I mean, he's He's got something to him. He really does. And for a smaller guy, man, he runs through a lot of arm tackles and, and brings it. So, yes, they got something special there at the tailback position. All right, we started with – maybe the best offense in the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to end with maybe the second best offense, the Seattle Seahawks. Taking on the Chargers. Uh, So we wanted to take a closer look at this one because we just want to see how they're – how are they doing it? Yeah. How is it all happening? Mm -hmm. And there was something that – that stuck out to me that you wrote in your notes. Can I just read what you wrote please, here? Because I thought do. it was, and I, I, like I, I want to hear your answer to yeah. this. Yeah. You go, you watch the Seahawks. You cannot help but think was Russell Wilson holding them back. <sighs> you know, keeping it real by Chris Sims. Those are just thoughts that are going through my head as I'm watching this. Cause you're just going, this offense has got a little everything. They're doing things where I want to go. Shane Waldron didn't just like go like, Oh wait, I never had this play in my offense. Let me put it in this year. I just go, yeah, maybe, and I'm questioning myself and, and, and all this. Maybe we, I'm just, the way it looks right now for Russell, maybe Seattle was playing a certain way and things to where, yeah, they didn't trust Russ or Russ didn't like some of these plays that Gino's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. I'll throw the ball down the middle there. That's no problem. No problem. I, I, so, yes, I'm just, I was giving natural 
my natural free-flowing thoughts, putting them down on paper here. And, and yeah, it's hard not to think it's like that. that. It's like the Kaiser Sose moment in Usual Suspects, <laughs> right. right? You were sitting there, and you are like, what if Russ has not been good his whole career, and your cup drops and crashes on the floor? And Look at you. You know, it's a one-movie reference. I was going to say, do. like, what are you? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is it – is, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, if you haven't seen the movie, I, I, it's, yes, fast-forward right now. Um, all right, so how is this offense different yeah. with Geno then? What exactly is happening? Well, it just the, the drop-back pass game seems more vast and just there's more to it, all right? You know, the offense itself has a little bit more versatility. Their offensive line is better, right? That gives them a fighting chance yeah. as compared to where it was. The damn two tackles that they got, they hit gold with their two tackles. Cross at left tackle. Ooh. The kid Lucas at right tackle who they drafted out of Washington State, Abraham Lucas. He's a kind of a freak show. To get him in the middle of the draft, that's amazing. Hawk Strologer. Love yeah. the pod. Chris and Ahmed. How did Charles Cross look against Khalil Mack? Uh, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't to where I went away and went, oh, man, he's getting overpowered. He's not. I mean, he he more than just hung in there. And, again, for what the way they play, like, he doesn't. They're not playing dink and dunk, throw the ball offense right. here. You know, this isn't like, oh, let's get the ball out of his hands because we can't protect. You know, they're looking to strike. And I, I don't remember actually a time of the tape going, oh, man, oh, Cross is getting lucky. Oh, he's getting dominated. Good thing Gino got it out here and there. And I don't know what Max final stats or pressure numbers were, but it wasn't good enough to where I went, let me write something about it, or this was a huge part of the football game. You always want to have more depth at running back. And they lost it with Rashad Penny when he was injured for the season. But now they have Kenneth Walker. He is the featured guy. You almost wonder, maybe, you know, it'd be nice to have another guy a backup to as, as the year goes on. But I wonder now with Kenneth Walker as the feature back, I wonder if they're even more dangerous. What do you think? I, they are. He just because he's, he's a freak show. He's, I think I wrote in my notes, I, there's no running back that makes more out of less right now in football than, than Kenneth Walker. Maybe the, other than Saquon Barkley, those two. There's too many plays where I go, well, that should be no yard gain. Oh, what? Ooh, what? He got out of there and got seven around the corner? What? Oh, what? no, they didn't block anybody. He turned the corner for 20? You know, that, that's where he's amazing. Nobody blocked in the middle, and he jumps and weaves and gets six yards, and you go, wow, um, unbelievable. Let alone, again, I'm not trying to downplay their offensive line. Their offensive line is good. They're, yeah. they're blocking pretty good. It's not like, oh, wow, he's making them look a lot better than they are. But, you know, just they have an interesting three tight end set. They're using him as a decoy a little bit. You know, they're going into the realm of what we talk about always with good offenses. Like we talked about with the Chiefs to start the show. One of my, you know, old go-to phrases. They make you defend every square inch of the field. And that's to me when defenses start to get, I mean, offenses start to get really good. Because there's no one area you can just go... Well, we don't have to worry about that. Like with the Chiefs, you used to go, well, we don't have to worry about them up the middle running here or short passes, you know, outside the tackle box or a short pass out on the edge or screen pass. Now they're starting to do it, and we're going, holy shit, what do you stop? How do you stop it? What do you do? Yeah. And that's, to me, where great offenses, you know, really become great is because of that. And, you know, with that and then we should take a look at the passing grid. While you yeah, let's do that. that because Sorry, it really I didn't mean does, to keep it, rattling. It does. No, because it does 
speak to what us. you were just yeah. talking about. It's like every area of the field. This is the next gen stats passing grid. This is his passing rating to different quadrants of the field. He's above average on deep left. He's within average, deep center, deep right. He's above average, kind of intermediate left and center. The only places he's below average, worse than average, probably doesn't matter that much, is slightly below average right around the line of scrimmage. So they're just not doing that as much. They're, they're stressing teams out deeper. That, that's, that's, that's right. You know, And they're not like necessarily a great screen team or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, again, everything about 10-plus yards down the field is either significantly above league average or just a little bit above league yeah. average. Yeah, You know, hey – you know the out routes ten yards and under. Obviously, they make you defend that. Yeah, they're it's almost like opposite Russell Wilson. They don't make or you know it, it is still kind of like Russell Wilson, I should say. Yeah, they don't make you defend the ten yards over the middle at all. That's not yeah. even part of it. But the way they do everything else, and I think then when you add in the run game, that makes up for that right there. And man, when they throw out their Metcalf and Lockett and. Like I said, Fant and Walker, and then, oh, wait, one of those guys is out. Well, so what? It's, you know, um, uh, Godwin. I mean, Marquise Goodwin. Sorry, God, Goodwin. Yeah, Marquise, Marquise Goodwin. Goodwin. Yeah. I mean, he can still fly. The kid from uh, number one, Dwayne Eskridge, can fly. So that that's where they're fun to watch. They have guys that can stretch the field or just get the ball in their hands and watch out. And, um yeah, they, they they tore up the Chargers on some of these plays. And now they got to try to do it against the very difficult Giants defense. If you're the Giants and you're Wink Martindale, who do you try to slow down, Kenneth or Geno? I know. You know, and the Giants, are they're, they're, they're struggling stopping their run a little bit. That's It's not been a great thing. The Giants, they play a lot of crowd the line of scrimmage pass defense that's how i would say that they try to scare you with like hey look we're all at the line of scrimmage and we're gonna blitz and do all this and then they drop out and play pass coverage and and play all these intricate things off of it you know they might have to actually keep people down at the line of scrimmage this week with mm-hmm. with kenneth walker it's, this is gonna be a tough one to figure out i mean this is gonna be a tough one as oh, far as the no, formula you're gonna pick against your giants maybe again. we'll see i don't know i don't know <laughs> have but you picked them yet this year i picked them to beat the bears um <laughs> <laughs> you're right it hasn't been many times that i've picked them it has yeah. not maybe you picked them to cover a couple i've picked times, them to so. cover a bunch yeah i I picked them to cover week. last okay. week. I thought they would lose by a field goal of the Ravens. I think I, I, I thought they would. Oh, actually, I think the Packers game, I kind of picked them to lose by like more than 10 <laughs> points. So that, that one would be wrong. Uh, but yeah, they, yeah. They watch out. I mean, Geno, the offense, they're, they're good. And guess what? The Chargers defensive line, their D tackle still never to be seen in the game. I mean, it, it, it's embarrassing that way. You know, they just get pushed around too many big holes at times or for a guy like Kenneth Walker to run by and run yeah. through. Well, you were critical else. of the Jag or that not the Jaguars, yeah. but the Chargers offense too. Yeah, I mean, this has become a dink and dunk offense, which I think one person tweeted me. They were like, what is dink and dunk? And that's yeah. just, that just means you're just short little passes right. running back, you know, right around the line of scrimmage. You can't be a defense that lets up touchdowns like this, right? Yeah. And then we're an offense that takes 74 minutes to go down the field. Right. And, or, or turn, turn the ball, an, ball over a couple times. Exactly yeah. right. You know, you or yeah, be that team to where wait they're scoring and now I threw an interception and got strip sack and wait it takes us twelve minutes to score and it takes them four seconds to score. You know that's just not what we call team football, complete right. team football, right there. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. BetMGM wants us to talk about the Seahawks, and we are glad to do that. So the futures, thanks to BetMGM, this is interesting because what will the Seahawks end up now? They're four and three right now, right? That's yep. the record, right? And what are they currently? Where are they in the division? They're top of the it? top, first in the yeah. division, first by half a game. Okay, so here we go. The odds over under win total seven and a half. So they'd have to get four more wins from now to the end of the season to get the over and on that one to make the playoffs. They're plus two hundred to win the NFC West. They're plus five hundred still. They're behind the Rams. They're behind the 49ers. 49ers still favored to win the division. Rams second choice. But now you got the Seahawks third choice by quite a bit, plus 500 compared to the Rams, plus 165. Uh, Gino, comeback player of the year. Where, where did he come back from? Just not playing. Right. He, he didn't write back. Plus 450. Yeah, that's right. He never, yeah, right back player of the year. And ooh, Kenneth Walker is also showing up here as offensive rookie of the year at plus 200. He is now the favorite after Brees Hall's injury. Oh, so man, yep. let's go to the team specific ones right there. I mean, do you like the Seahawks to go over seven and a half, maybe make the playoffs? I don't know. Where are we at here? <sighs> it's, a, it's a tough one. I guess I'm going to say I do like the over as of right now. I do. I mean, they're, they're one of those teams that I think we can put in the same book. That's like the Giants a little bit mm-hmm. where you just go, man, every game's going to be close. I don't know if there's any game you can look at and just go, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to win that one. you know. But, all right, hey, Giants game this weekend certainly is winnable mm-hmm. up there in the Pacific Northwest. We know they can beat Arizona. They just beat them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely going with the over. They got teams like the Carolina Panthers on their schedule. Well, I think they can they can beat a team like the Raiders. You know, they got the Rams twice, certainly. You know, so, the, yes, I, if you made me choose, I'm going to de- say the over. I like a lot of things there. I like the comeback player of the year thing. I like Kenneth Walker as definite offensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm pretty high on the, the Seahawks that way. The action never stops. No, it does Bet not. MGM. You can sign up now using the bonus code SIMS. Your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000, Chris. So say you bet $100 on the Seahawks to win the NFC West, Ahmed. If you win, you get 500 smackaroos. Oof. But if you lose, you still get $100 worth of free bets. I'll take that. You Pocket will. get that. Simply download the Bet Damn MGM right app you will. today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter the bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. If you bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week, you lost. Yeah, well, I did. You lost. Imagination money, but you I lost. lost. Again, a lot has been made about the offense and Tom Brady and why is it, why is it going so poorly. We want to look at the defense, though. Because this is strange. And let's take a look at the graphic here. Because that run defense has been so good the past few seasons. So 2019, best in the NFL. 2020, best in the NFL. 2021, third best in the NFL. This is all yards allowed per game. This season, they're allowing 118 yards per game. That is mid-pack, tied for 16th in the NFL. So you took a look at it, a closer look at it. A team that no longer has Christian McCaffrey. 
but yet they ran all over him. Yeah, with Chuba Hubbard and uh, and Deontay Foreman. What happened? What's going on with the Bucks defense? Why can't they stop teams with a run? What did the tape tell you? Yeah, the 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 Bucks are just they're just not they're just not as good as we thought they were. I, I think that's the first thing. And you know, as I'm sitting there too, and I'm just going, wait, you know, like first off, let's just go basics here. What's different about this team? All right, what's different? Okay, Sue's not there. You know, they signed Akeem Hicks. He's hurt. He's a guy that's been hurt a lot, you know, through the last few years. So that was risky. There's no JPP, right? Vita Vea is there. Shaquille Barrett's not playing as well. Some of the guys they're asking to play defensive tackle, Logan Hall, William, uh, Golston, I want to go. They're not really – those are big defensive ends. They're not defensive tackles, so they can't hold their area. The running game – I mean, I mean, it's it's you know, you saw my notes. I mean, they they're, they're get pushed around. They do. Where it just you never used to see that. Let alone we used to see guys break through the line of scrimmage. So yeah, Tryon Trianko, he's not as good as JPP rushing the passer or stopping the run right now. There's there's definitely a that. So you know, you add that into, and then you also add this into it. You know, as I'm sitting there again, just base thoughts right off the bat. You know, you look at the secondary, go, well, damn, the secondary is different. You know, Carlton Davis is not out there right now. Sean Murphy bunting, not there, right? They lost Jordan Whitehead, so he's not there. Antoine Winfield got hurt Antoine in this game. Winfield got hurt, yeah. right? So he used to be your other safety. You used to be able to go, you know, uh, Antoine Winfield, Jordan Whitehead, Carlton Davis, Murphy bunting, and number 35, who I always forget his freaking name, the cor- other corner on Tampa Bay. It's unbelievable. I have a brain issue with this guy. I, hold it, on, hold I, on. It's killing me. Jamel Dean. Jamel Dean. Why, I, do, you not, why do, do you not remember I, I, him? I, I want to say DeMar. Deme- I can Demps. I don't know why Dean will not stick in my head. But now they, they, they can't play that. They got Keanu Neal playing safety, Winfield mm-hmm. playing you know, nickel. So, Zion McCollum, a rookie, is had to start at the other corner. Right, yep. exactly. So they're not the same guys out there. Which you noted that he probably made the mistake on that last touchdown. Yes. McCollum. Yes, exactly right. I mean, he peeks in the backfield and cover three, or peeks of the underneath route, and lets the guy in cover three run a deep corner where he should just be standing there and it should never even be thought of being thrown. So that, and then we got into like the long run by um, Deontay Foreman, right? That play was a play actually where, yeah, they're getting pushed around a little bit. He's got a running lane, and he's coming downhill in a hurry. Vita Vea is in the right gap, right? They kind of got it stopped. He's going to get a four- or five-yard gain. Great. But Vita Vea, for whatever reason of the last second, he's in the right gap between the center and guard. I, I guess he thinks he's going to cut back and tries to get on the other side of the guard. And Deontay Foreman just runs right through where he was, and he goes untouched. You know, so there's a, I think a, a, an issue of a guy maybe trying to do more than he should, right? As you hear that phrase in football a lot. But I think all in all, it's just not as dominant as a group. There is no great quarterback pressure. There's no great disruption of guys shooting through the line of scrimmage. Let alone Vita Vea is really the only guy that can hold his ground and make a mosh pit of things. Yeah. The rest of those guys get pushed around. And you liked Carolina's offensive line, at least. Iki it's getting Iquana. there. It's getting Iki there. Iquana, exactly. Stood out. He, well, he, he has plays where he pops, where you just go, ooh, 
that guy, boy, that guy's big and who he's moving like that. Oh, 79. That's icky. Oh gosh. God, I forgot he was there. You know, you, you just, you do that yeah. and you go, damn, he looks good. So yeah, there's some positive things there. Certainly. And PJ Walker did a nice job. He really did. But yeah, the bucks, I, I just, I, I, I'm done with, this will be the week they turn it around. Uh, I, I don't know why I even went into last week thinking that. I, I got to change it and to go, no, this is who they are, and they're going to be an ugly, you know, probably struggle to win almost every game type of team. Like, that's just the way they're going to be. I don't think anything's going to be really easy for them this year. Right. And who do they have on? They have the Ravens. Uh, Ravens tomorrow. Thursday night. Right. Ravens tomorrow. So, yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be very difficult for them. All right, we're going to end with this. We tried to get it in uh, last one. I'm like the guest on the late night shows. It's like, hey, we had to bump uh, <laughs> this. We'll get it in next week. It's uh, So the last few minutes here, we'll just go stats, truth or lie. Brought up a couple times. I was looking at all the numbers because I wanted to pour over some numbers here. And we like on this podcast to take a look at the numbers and take them all with a grain of salt because they're all dependent on many things, context or, or whatnot. So, Chris, you ready here? I'm ready. Here are some stats, and I want you to tell us if these stats are lying to us or if they're telling us the truth. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. You were looking at your notes there, so I didn't know. Well, I was ready. I was getting ready to go one more thing. I could tell you something was going on there, but maybe in these stats you can do the one more thing. Yep. We are going to do that play on social, too, with – with the Bucks, right? Yeah, and, and we'll show form. that. So That's right. Just, all right. right, so the Colts made a big move, said, Matt Ryan, thanks for your services. You can watch the rest of the season from the bench. Yeah. Uh, the stats are telling us, though, that the Colts actually had a league average offense with Matt Ryan. They were 16th in total yards per game with 341. Are the stats telling us the truth, or were they lying to us and telling us that their offense actually wasn't that bad with Matt no, Ryan? No, the, the stats are... are, are lying to us there yeah. they they yeah. were not league average they're below league average you know if it takes you to get like nine ninety seven thousand plays to get to that yard mark where you're talking about yes that would be inter- interesting to see like that aspect of well, it i got that too oh, and good. you're exactly right they right. were 27th in yards per play right they were 30th in rushing yards per game right and so they just were were throwing it i mean like you mentioned it yeah they were throwing 60 times or 50 times with matt ryan's arm and that, not that productive that, that that's where yes you know you gotta you gotta yeah okay the yards are great and all right so but how many plays are you having to run you know to get to that type of uh yeah. stat line how much better can they be now well and and, and and to your point here just off to that yeah they, 481 plays they've run. It's third most in football. And you know who the other two teams are? The other two dink and dunkers, hmm. right? The Cardinals and the Chargers, right? You know, just not scaring anybody. So, yeah, league average, but, you know, the numbers are lying there. And then, and then of course, you go, well, league average, yeah, great. The numbers are telling me league average. But the average play is, it's, it's, oh, he's over the middle and he's getting pressured and he has to hang in there and get his head knocked off to get a six-yard completion. whoop de doo that's not league average. That's below league average. We've debunked that one. Yes. Then. All right, here's my, my favorite team right now, the Las Vegas Raiders. They're my favorite. Oh. I, I, they're like my pick to be like, they're going to make a run here, and people are going to be talking about them as a dangerous playoff team. we're going to give you all the praise. Uh, the stats are telling us yeah. that the Raiders have the second most productive offense in the NFL. They are second in the NFL with 2.68 points per drive. Chiefs are first with three points per drive. Raiders are second. And also the Raiders, 54% of their drives end in a score. That's the best in the NFL. So are the stats telling us the truth? Sounds pretty productive that they're the second most productive offense in the NFL. I I, I think where we're looking at them right now, I 
It's kind of surprising. It's surprise. I don't want to say I, they, they don't look to me as the they don't look to me as the second. You know what, what's the what's the, yeah, the second most productive, productive offense? So maybe it's just a little bit of a white lie. It's a little. I, that's what I want to say. It's a little bit of a white lie. I feel like they're getting close to being able to live up to that expectation. We're saying right there. Yeah, they are extremely balanced. We're seeing Derek Carr and the pass offense take off. We're seeing the run game really take off. Right. Right. So that's you know, and and points haven't been an issue to your point. As I'm sitting here just looking at their schedule, you're right. They just you know. D- didn't put Arizona away with one more drive there early in the year. Tennessee, they had chances at the end of the football game. But, yeah, I, Ahmed, I don't think your thought is far off. That's I, crazy, They are a team it? to yeah. kind of watch out for they here. They are. They got it going. They're go. executing in both phases of their, of their offense. Miami is a team everyone's been uh, jumping on the bandwagon mm. early on in the season. And Mike McDaniel there, and they talk about the creative run game that he brought over from Kyle Shanahan. Maybe it was more Mike McDaniel anyway. The stats are telling us, though, yeah. that the Miami Dolphins have a bottom rushing offense in the NFL. They have the fourth worst rushing offense with 85 yards per game. Yeah. Is it lying to us or is it telling us a truth there that we are just surprised to find out? Well, no. I think it is the truth. It's the truth. They can't just line it up and run it down your your throat. But they make up for it in other ways. So that's where I would go, let's not read too much into it and go, oh, look, they're not good at running the ball. Yeah, but they're awesome at throwing RPOs where you have to – you know, oh, wait, we were going to run the ball, but you crowded the box, and now we've hit Tyree Kill, and he caught it because you're worried about the run game, and he ran up for another 20 or 30 yards, and their screen game takes away from that too. So I think this is one where I wouldn't be surprised if their run game starts to pick up here because yeah. teams, like we saw even on Sunday night, you know, Mostert had some times where he ripped some runs off and stuff, especially early in the game. Because Pittsburgh was so worried about stopping some of those other things that we're talking about. Oh, the wide receiver screen. Oh, the RPO. Oh, gosh, we just let him run right up to the gap here, you know, for 10 yards. Oh, no. I, I, so so I, what am I saying here? I guess it's telling the truth. But there's some context to it that still makes them a dangerous offense around yes. the line of scrimmage, I guess is what they, I'm saying. They don't need to you know, have 100 yards rushing per game to still make that weapon something you have to respect. Exactly. And I make guess that's what we're saying. Right. No, I, I get right. that. Okay. Let's, let's stay with the Dolphins here because Tua, his numbers, and we've talked about his arm strength, mm-hmm. and is he able to push the ball down the field? So the stats are telling us that Tua – is the most aggressive quarterback in the NFL. He leads all quarterbacks with 8.6 well, yards per okay. attempt. We're lying. <laughs> you didn't even let me get that mm-hmm. one out. But keep going. He leads all quarterbacks with 8.6 yards per attempt. Yeah. Listen, they're dangerous, but it goes into kind of what we were just talking about. You know, again, go back and watch. His biggest passes the other night are RPOs, where, oh, they blitz two to stop the run off the edge, and he throws a dink pass to – Waddle, and then Waddle's got no one around him and runs up the field for another 20 yards. That's not like a most aggressive passing, you know, as far as a quarterback's concerned, in my opinion. You know, that's more about the offense itself and what they do. You know, we've had a number of weeks where, you know, again, they, they, it's, it's Waddle this way, Tyreek this way, Waddle this way. Oh, Gasicki's wide open over the middle. 
And again, yes, he's open over the middle and he gets a 25-yard game, but the throw was only like seven or eight yards, and then he runs to a wide-open spot or throws the screen to Tyreek out on the edge, and he weaves through traffic and gets 25 yards, and that leads to that. So that's where I would say that's misleading. And I know I'm the, the hater of the world here. Misleading, but not a lie. Oh, it's, no, a it's, lie. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a <laughs> lie when you phrase it the way you phrase it, yes. I guess. That's, right, that's, right. that's the way to say it. All right, we're going to do one more. We'll save defense for another day. Yeah. The final one here, and this one was kind of surprising here. Mm. The stats are telling us that the Chargers have the best pass-blocking offensive line in the NFL. They have the fewest sacks per pass attempts in the NFL. With uh, They only give up a sack 3.25% of passing plays. Right. Well, they lost Rashawn Slater. This is kind of surprising to me. It, it is. They're a good pass-protecting line. Would I sit there and agree with the numbers and go, they're definitely the best pass-protecting line? No, absolutely not. This goes into everything we've said the last two weeks about the Chargers. Everything is get the ball out of your hands. Everything is a six- and seven-yard throw. And that that is helping them out in the sack department. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I, I don't. You know, again, it's a good group, but I don't sit there and look at it like, you know, like Josh Allen and Mahomes. Uh, they could sit back there all day sometimes against some defenses when you just rush four. And I don't think that that Herbert and them can do that quite to that extent. Right. You know, I'd like to see them hold the ball a little longer and throw the ball down the football field a little bit, like we talked about. It's right. it's doing a disservice to their team right now. Um, but yeah, that's that's why. That number's a lie. You'd like a few more sacks, maybe. You'd well, like them to hold the ball and try to a hundred, a hundred. Again, yeah. I just think some of that stuff is being a little overblown in this this new era of football. I I, I do. You know, the, the game as you've heard me say a million times. It's it's about plays right now. It it really is, and it's it's set up for the quarterback to make the plays. And when you're not right. doing that, and you have that type of talent at the quarterback position, you're not taking advantage of all your team has to offer. I, I like doing that. I like doing that with you specifically because I think that's one of the strengths of the pod is taking a look at the numbers and and being like, well, well yeah, there's, there's a lot more, more to context. It. There's right. a lot more context around right. that. And yes. So just to kind of dispel some of these, or maybe some of them are tipping us off to something. Is in the case of the Raiders, where you're like, hey, maybe we have to. Pay a little bit more attention. I, to that I think that is. There. I think that that's that that is exactly the point with that one. You're yeah. right, and you know you, you know when you were saying it, I'm sitting there going, "Oh wait, okay, yeah, the Chiefs game. They they were unstoppable in that game. They were going up and down the field until late in the football game, and then last week, I know we came in on Monday and we went wait that second quarter touchdown, and all of a sudden you couldn't stop them again. Yeah, it was every drive they went down the field and scored. So yeah, they got a little something going, and then they were one of the few teams this year to. Make things hard on the Broncos' defense. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, when you think about it, you, uh, you go, oh, it's better than I'm, than I'm visualizing in my head. Of note with the Raiders, though, their defense is the third worst in points allowed per drive. So that will be the question for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, but that is a question for another day because we are done. We are done. All right. Oof. I know. We got defensive stat lies. We'll do that at some we'll other do those. point. Yeah, we'll, I know. Yeah, we'll save that for uh, another day. My breakdowns of the games went too long, as <laughs> usual. Uh, welcome to the club. That's what always happens. <laughs> welcome this pod to the latest of all. Uh, Pixbod. Yes. Pixbod tomorrow. Florio, me, PFTPM, Chris Sims on Button Collaboration. Again, tune into the podcast. Listen to all the things I have to say. You decipher off of what I say what should be the pick of the game. Don't listen to my pick. That's the <laughs> category we're in right now yeah. i can break down teams and games you figure out 
mm-hmm. what makes sense off of that and why you think it's going to win. That's the, what I have to offer right now. If they would have done the opposite of all your best bets, they'd have a winning record. They yes. would. They yes. would. Yes, they would. Exactly right. They'd be <laughs> way above, way above winning record. Um, but everybody, keep sending in the questions. Keep listening to the pod. Subscribe, rate, review. Ahmed, you the man. Thanks for leading the charge once again. We're going to do some videos for social. You'll see those. Check those out on Instagram. All right? And uh, that's it. Okay? Ready. You good? I'm ready. Clap it up. Clap it up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.